The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Watch me shove this beer can up my ass. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. Fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... Give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. Yes, we're here again, ladies and gentlemen, and those in between. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We're not live, but this is a brand new episode of sorts. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, May 14th. God, how the time has flown. We're already halfway through May. In the year 2022 at DNRstudios.com or the DNR Cast app, the only place to hear this podcast live. And throughout the week that it first airs, leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Call and speak to us live on the Ass Hotline whenever we're live or leave a voicemail anytime, 804-TALK-ASS. Like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums, get your ass merch at adamsank.com. Please get vaccinated and boosted if you haven't already done so. I have a friend who has COVID for the third time despite having been vaccinated and boosted, and he's not sick. But he does have it, and the reason he's not sick is because he's vaccinated and boosted. So do it. Also here on The Ass, we stand with Ukraine. So as you guys are listening to this on May 14th, I am currently in Fire Island, hooping, hooping it up and probably catching COVID and lots of other new STDs. So I thought, what better time than to look back on all of our favorite porn star guests that we've had on The Ass. And we've had a lot. We've had a lot of porn stars on this show. So uh, what this is, is it's a brand new supersized special called the Best of Ass Porn to be Wild. Porn to be wild. Thank you. That was good placement. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that voice you hear is uh, everyone's favorite Twinkster comedian who's joining us for the third week in a row. It's Drew Lausch, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... Is Steve ever going to return? I don't. I, <laughs> I feel like you're hoping for him, but it's still me. It's still you. Yeah. I love him and I love you. It's always a pleasure to have your uh, unique insights on the show. <laughs> also joining us is the queen of fuckery, J.B. Bercy. Hello. J.B., how happy are you that... Uh, Last week and the week before, we had no remote guests. You know, pretty good. You didn't have to use clean feed. Yeah, I didn't have to stress. Like, I got all my work done. Shit. I feel perfectly Hell yeah. Bad. It is so much better to have in-studio guests, it's way right? way better, yeah. yeah. Because when you go to clean feed, it's, it's a two it's a two-party system. You got to make sure it works on my side. I have to make sure it works on the other people's side. But even if, everything, even if everything works perfectly, it's just not... You can't connect to someone say, yeah. the way you can in a live situation because yeah. you can see their face. You know when they're about to speak. They know when you're about to speak. It's just better. And the conversation's more organic and honestly probably steamier. You know what I mean? Like it's it way just steamier. Gets, yeah, you you're get in there a little bit more. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I loved both uh, last week and the week before. We've had some good guests lately. Amazing. So um, before we talk about porn stars that we've had on the show, what is your favorite kind of porn, Drew Lausch? I don't know the answer to this question. What do you, mm. Think about when you're typing into a, 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 a tube, a gay tube, porn tube channel. Yeah. What are, the, what are the search terms you type in? Totally. I mean, kind of recently, like, daddy or, like, tw- like twink, I guess. I mean, that's kind of basic. But I've really been into... Um, there's this one channel. I don't know if I want to like pl- <laughs> not sure. sponsored. There's one. It's called like dis- <laughs> I'm like f- future porn star Drew Lausch says. Just kidding, maybe. But um, <laughs> it's called like disruptive films and like not to sound like such a like I don't even know. But they like I do like a little romance now. Like Dolph or, or I feel yeah I feel like Dolph earlier was like oh yeah you're like a woman you like like conversation or something. But like Jack said that or Jack me. said that. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like but I'm I'm kind of into like unfortunately like I'm like I like when they like look each other in the eye and like. Like, they seem to be enjoying it. That's kind of, like, my favorite thing right and now. it's called Disruptive Films? Well, they just have, like, a group of films. I mean, some of them are a little bit, like, ugh. But the sex always seems like, okay, I think they're, like, enjoying this. And, like, they seem to be, like, kissing. And, like, like I don't, you know what I'm saying? Well, I do. And I, I hate when I'm watching a scene and the bottom is not hard. If the bottom's not hard, even if he's just sucking dick, I'm like, that dude's not into this. That's what I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely turned on by everyone in the scene being super into it. Yeah, like they're enjoying the sex, even like as, yeah, like even if it's a job and like, et cetera. I'm like, if if it's like, okay, he put like numbing cream on his ass and he's like waiting for the paycheck. It's right. like, that's not, I like, agree. I don't want to watch that and jerk off to that. Although I feel some like... people are extra turned on by that. They, they're turned on by the transactional nature of it. So. And more power to them. Who knows? Yeah. JB, what's your favorite? What, do you, what terms um, do you type in? Okay, so I haven't typed in terms in years. Like when I used to type terms, I was all about the gangbang and some threesomes are hot or. Wait, what? Uh, gangbang, yeah. threesomes, or oh, threesomes, or, or you know the the family thing, like oh, family sleeping, dick. yeah, uh-huh. cousin sleeping, let me go and num 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 num. <laughs> but like I, me now, I look at people because now OnlyFans is a thing, so I look for their, I look for person like Max Connor, <laughs> Daddy Cream. <laughs> oh, Daddy Cream. Yeah. Do you know I just heard Daddy Cream on a podcast, JB, and he was fascinating. Yeah. And had a great voice, and he's I was thinking I should get him for this very, podcast. He's very intellectual and articulate. Yeah, and I would remind me I want to book Daddy man. Cream. I will, I will. His name kind of grosses me out, but Daddy Cream. Yeah, because he makes you cream. Yeah, no, I no, I, I understood the nickname, but <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I I'm with Drew as far as terms. I I, I type in Daddy Boy a lot. Mm-hmm. I type in leather. Sometimes leather bareback, but these days that's redundant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, sometimes I just want to see someone sucking a really big dick. Sure. So I'll type in big big dick worship or big cock worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm kind of vanilla. Yeah. Any video that involves fisting, I'm not into it. I don't want to see gaping holes. No. I don't want to see anyone getting pissed on or in. No. Um, I really just want to watch guys with big dicks sucking and fucking yeah when Dolph was like I'll never get like fisted when he was talking about getting fisted I was like uh, that sounds absolutely horrible, horrible. to me yeah, like same. no king shaming but like yeah. I-, I can't even like like uh, my fist is huge I don't want a fist in my asshole oh my like, god I, I like my anything to do with it hell on earth when, <laughs> when Patrick and I did the uh, Florida show we talk about hooking up with this guy who wanted us to fist him 
which Patrick did. Yeah. And I said, uh, oh, shit. the few times I've tried to fist someone, I feel like some sort of veterinary midwife <laughs> helping a cow give birth. Like it's not a, it's, there's nothing pleasant about that feeling. Also, you have to probably right before you do it, like you have to hate that person. Like, I feel like you have to say to yourself, like, yeah. I hate you before I do this. Although like, I if you're doing it right, it's not violent. Or, you have right. to be super careful. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so whatchamacallit so I wanted to do one story before we start looking back at our favorite porn guests and this is very topical adult entertainers aka porn stars in Russia have been blocked by OnlyFans because of the financial sanctions against Russia over the war in Ukraine this is according to the New York Post several kinky content creators spoke out on Sunday saying they were unable to share their videos and access their money via their OnlyFans accounts um, one star called Bunny Mommy. There's a picture of her. <laughs> Let's, oh, like, poor, like Bunny Mommy deserves a win. She's this big hitted she Russian woman with bunny ears on and like black lingerie. <laughs> she said, in, in short term, I don't have money. Oh, this is not funny. She said, in short term, I don't have money to live. Many models are faced with this. Nobody thought it could happen. She said this to Rolling Stone after uh, alleging that her account was frozen. The X-rated model claims she has lost over $8,000 in the U.S. amid the ban. OnlyFans said in a statement, while creators are not responsible for the recent attacks on Ukraine, due to worldwide financial restrictions, we have very limited methods to pay creator accounts linked to Russia and Belarus. As a result, payments have been limited. The company further stated that new subscriptions will not be accepted and current subscriptions will not renew once they have expired until Russian sanctions are lifted. I have to say, I agree with, with only, what OnlyFans is doing. I don't want to punish these porn stars, and I know it's not their fault, but, like, that's how sanctions work. Yeah. You you, you have to upset enough of people course. in Russia yeah. that they're like, hey, fuckface, end yeah. this war. Yeah. It's I, – I do agree with that. It's unfortunate that, like, these crazy, ridiculous, narcissists, like, games that deal with their ego affect so many people that, like – shouldn't Putin and Trump yes like that it's like well it's like you're such an asshole like now even the porn stars are get are getting fucked right exactly and not yeah. the way they want exactly bada boom bada bing well in any case um I support uh any company that is uh that is sanctioning uh, Russia or not operating their businesses in Russia of I course think it's got to be that way until this war is over but on to more pleasant topics <laughs> um so here's our special best Best of ass porn to be wild. Porn to be, be singing with wild. So our listeners love porn stars in terms of the, I'm shocked. Uh, the, the downloads. Our, our current top 10 most downloaded episodes of the ass include three porn star interviews. Damn. So that's like a third of our top 10. Yeah. Uh, you piggy listeners seem to love them. Also, as I went through all of these, here's an interesting fact. You remember when Ryan was my co-host? He was constantly taking off. He like every other week Ryan was yeah. somewhere else, she and yet calling. every single one of the porn star interviews Ryan was Ryan in the was studio. Here. Oh my yeah. god! Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Yeah, Ryan, what what were you thinking, girly? Sounds He's, a little funny. Ryan is a pig. <laughs> oh, oh, Sounds oh, like Ryan. Oh, That's Ryan. Oh, yeah. So the first clip you're going to hear is Chris Harder's first appearance on the ass. Do you know Chris? I feel like I do. He's an absolute doll. He is a go-go boy turned 
well, he's a burlesque performer turned go-go boy turned porn star. He's back to being a burlesque performer now. Yes. He's also an actor. Yeah, I feel writer. yes, I, I do believe I've met him. Yeah. Great guy. He's actually guest hosted many times, but this was his first ever appearance on the show. And he revealed something unusual about his hole during the interview. We also started uh, we started things off by playing a brief audio clip from one of his old pornos because he doesn't do porn anymore. And mm -hmm. then we asked him if he could recognize that clip. So take a listen to Chris Harder's first appearance from January 7th, 2018. This is from episode 29. <sighs> <laughs> what scene is that? And joining us here in studio on the ass is the sexy and talented Chris Harder. Come on. Woo! Hi, everyone. Come on, Chris Hi. Harder. <laughs> now, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, do you recognize this, the clip? Um, no, I don't. I mean, they're they're all so nuanced too, which is uh, which is the tricky thing. <laughs> it's from it's from Cocky Boys. Oh, is it? Is it my? Is it with Raphael Alencar? Uh, or? He's he's a a Belgian, I think. I had it written down, and now I don't have. What's his name? Is it Alec? I don't remember an Alec. Anyway, you were getting rained. <laughs> it's Gabrielle yeah. Clark. Oh, Gabrielle oh, Clark. Oh, Gabrielle Clark. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Mm. Do you remember that scene? I do remember that scene. Like it was four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Actually, Gabriel, Gabriel, maybe it's Gabriel. Is that the French? Mm. The French Canadian way. Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Mm. Um, yeah, he is one of the few guys I've met who I think is genuinely bisexual. Oh, which really? surprisingly in gay porn, there's a lot of, yeah, they're like, yeah, you know, sometimes I like to fuck guys. Sometimes I like to fuck girls. Sometimes I like it when my girlfriend who has a dick fucks me. And you're like, all right. Yeah. That's great. Well, it's great for really the business. Really excited to work with you today. For their work. <laughs> JB likes the bisexual man. We know that. So. Oh, yes. I think, think they're beautiful creatures. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful creatures. They are kind of the unicorns, though, of, yeah. of the sexual spectrum. They yeah. really are. It's, good to, it's hard to find one that's truly bisexual. Right. Because they're just like either really gay sometimes or just really straight. Chris, you and I have known each other socially for a, a number of years, time, yeah. but I don't really know you know you. Well, I don't know you get biblically. Ready for... <laughs> That's a, oh, hello. Hey, now he's, he's taking off his clothes. Get ready for this cardigan. Thank you. Come on, cardigan. <laughs> he's, he's, I love cardigans. So it's like fine. Christmas yeah. all over again. Yeah, yeah I own two sweaters. <laughs> Chris is in green and red. He's bundled up against There's the gold. There's a lot of cardigans. But time. Chris... Tell me your story from the very beginning. I want to start well, with the day you were born. Let's start from up I'm until glad now. You asked because I thought I'd do a live uh, radio presentation of my show, actually. So please, everyone get ready for the next 90 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I was born in North Dakota, mm -hmm. um, born and raised, and I moved to New York about 10 years ago when I was 22 to be a serious actor. And I did that for about 10 seconds. And then I fell into this stripper go-go hole for the next couple of years, literally, which I, which I literally, which I actually am really grateful for. Um, I took all these different weird turns and twists, and uh, I got into burlesque, and I met you somewhere along that way, and then after that, I ended up getting into the adult industry, and now I've kind of been writing about it, and you know, processing it, and getting back into theater, and but yeah, that's pretty much me in uh in five seconds. Are you? Are you not doing porn anymore? Is that part over? Well, it's not. So I guess the thing is, you know, I've never been a fan, um, which is no shame to anyone, but I've never been a fan of being like, I'm retiring from go-go dancing or I'm retiring from porn. Because who the, like, how do you really do that? You right. know, 
Um, well, I just announced that I'm retiring from stand-up, oh, so I'm you? one of those oh. assholes. Ah. Yes. Um, so and now who I'm does an that? Asshole. That would be Adam Sank. Um, well, <laughs> exactly. Um, so no, I'm I'm not. I've never like officially retired from porn, but you know the truth is like it does, like one does kind of cycle through, and I feel like I've I've made the most out of it, and. Um, Excuse me, I just had a big coffee. I'm a little gassy, and uh, mm, and hi. now I uh, and now I'm just I'm ready to concentrate on other aspects of uh, of my career. When was the last scene that you filmed? The last scene I filmed was called "This House Is a Mess," and it was uh, in <laughs> Fort Lauderdale last <laughs> August. <laughs> Were you playing like the disobedient houseboy who didn't I was. clean the house properly? Yeah. I already know the plot. Yeah, yeah exactly, and um and. Uh, I, I loved um, filming it, but the director was like, okay, maybe just like look through a book. Like you're just kind of like paging through something, figuring out what to do. And he's like, here's one on Paris. Just say you want to go to Paris. So there's just this line of me being like, I can't clean. I I just want to go to Paris. <laughs> just random. Yeah. One of those random porn lines. Look so that was it. August yeah. 2016. Yeah, 2016. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that your hole has noticeably tightened since you started? <laughs> well... Interesting fact, and this is a medical fact. Ooh. I've now been told by two doctors during an actual medical visit, not like you know, an <laughs> after hours thing, that I'm that I'm clinically tight. Good for you. I know, Clean. right? Where's the applause for that, right. JB? That deserves a studio applause. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, because it always feels like the first time, and yeah. as you know, the first time is not always the best. The time. best. Time, I think I'm you know. the same. I have yeah. to say, I mean, I've bottomed a lot over the years, and yeah, I, sure. it still kills me every time a dick goes in there. Yeah, I do it. I put up with you it. Do it. I soldier the... through. Yeah, bottom. But, but I definitely <laughs> like. I think I have a tight hole. Chris, what did you think you were going to get out of porn? What made you make that move from sort of nightlife burlesque go go to porn? Sure. Well, I, um, I think a couple of things. I it's something that I had always been interested in doing. But the the balls have never quite aligned at that, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So to speak, um, and so uh, that happened when I was in my late twenties. I finally kind of had the opportunity to do it, um, and also, you know, as much as I loved at the time, especially working in nightlife, I felt like I kept hitting this glass ceiling of uh, of just not making enough money and kind of getting bored of of what I was doing. So I thought maybe porn would be this avenue to kind of boost me you know on social media a little bit more let me backtrack i didn't do porn to like raise my twitter followers <laughs> but it's not it, the worst reason to do it right in the process of doing porn though um oddly enough it did kind of bring me more uh, more notoriety for my burlesque performance and so i kind of became this this performer who like was edgy in the burlesque world and nightlife world because I did porn and who was kind of weird and eclectic in the porn world because I was doing these other things that, you know, most porn actors are not involved with. Go-go right. dancing, yes, but not like the burlesque performance scene. Right, because burlesque, and I think a lot of people these days don't even really know what burlesque means. Right. Burlesque is all about the tease, yes? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and especially, you know, with a lot of male performances and especially with my aesthetic, it it's a lot of tease and, and humor. So I always like to think that I'm like the like a, a strip tease village person, village people. Okay. You know, like okay. It, it's very like 
masculine, which I'm using in air quotes for everyone that's listening, <laughs> and um, uh, but but um, campy and um, and stylized, you right? Know? Yeah, there was something kind of. Um, you know, when I I've never actually seen you perform burlesque. I've seen you go go, but I've We've seen, been friends, but I've never gone to your show. <laughs> well, I don't go to burlesque shows. That's okay. You know, I I mean maybe I have maybe I I know I've seen you go go dance for sure because yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we've been hired to do the same events. We have. I was not go go dancing. <laughs> oh really? I was there to make them laugh, and Chris was there to make them hard. That's right. Um, but uh, but in the photos I've seen, like you're, you know, you're sexy, but there is kind of like a funny. Yeah, there's there's a humorous quality, campy and, quality to it. Yeah, and I've always felt, even in porn too, and and really like in any kind of career, and I think like if you can certainly for the radio, like if you can make people laugh or get people to think that you are intelligent or have like a point of view, that yes. will lock you in on their radar more so than just being, you know, again air quotes sexy or right. a piece of ass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a piece of ass. So, what was the biggest surprise about porn once you got into it? I think, um, well, there are lots of big surprises, but <laughs> I think one of them was just um, that, again, you know, like I, I I got to do everything I wanted to do. But again, I realized that like, OK, this is kind of the, the ceiling of this industry for me. And if I want to stay in it, then, you know, maybe that would mean I would be a producer or like try and start my own website or something like that. But um I guess it surprised me. I don't know. It's hard to talk about in a way because I, I've never wanted to come off as like, I got into porn and it ruined my life, or I got into porn, but now I'm done with it because I'm better and I'm moving on. Right. You don't want to like, trash it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to trash it, and and I don't want to be. I don't want to give off the impression that I was victimized by it because I, you know, overall had a very positive experience with the directors and the performers I worked with. I think again, it's just kind of for me. It's always been like, well how is this playing into like what I really want to happen for myself? And is it still part of that? Is it still working towards it? Or is it, has it like run its course, you know? Right. Um, so like fun things about porn. Um, I didn't realize that so many cum shots are actually faked. Right. <laughs> They're so, like yogurt and egg whites. And... Or Cetaphil hand lotion. Oh, so you yes. too, you too can fake your own cum shot. Oh, good. Just right. go good to your to local know. Dwayne Reed. And, and Cetaphil makes a nice lube too. So it's really, it's, it's a it dual does. usage. It's a, I mean, moisturizer, lubricant, mm -hmm. cum. It's a jack of Thanks, all Cetaphil. Best of us. Hard to be uh, oh, yeah. Oh. Always love when Chris Harder is on the show. Um, this next clip, uh, this was sort of an unusual circumstance. The guy's name is Kenneth Conan. He is uh, quadriplegic. And he appeared in a porn scene from Davey Wavy, who's also been on the show. Um, cool. Davey Wavy has a series of porn movies called Hemeros Video which often explore, you know, situations and people that you wouldn't necessarily see in porn. What are you going to say, Drew? I was going to say, Davy Wavy's YouTube channel was a very big <laughs> deal for my sexual Part uh, of your Fargo awakening. journey in Fargo, North Dakota. I remember watching a few of his videos and I was like, okay, well, this seems, uh, this seems interesting. I could watch a few of these videos. Yeah, he was the original gay YouTube star. He was. And we've had him on the show twice. He's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he did this scene with, uh, he produced this scene with Kenneth Conan. Um, Kenneth has been paralyzed from the biceps down ever since a cheerleading accident 
uh, nine years before we did this interview. And it was he was really sweet and really fascinating. And he explained how sex has become more mental to him than physical. Um, but he is sexual and he does crave sex. And in this scene, he he sucked a guy off. So this is uh, episode 84 from February 24th, 2019. Take a listen. I was connected with Davey Wavy, who's the one that owns Himmeros TV. Mm -hmm. And we kind of just collaborated in the sense of, you know, I, when I was younger, I was interested in porn as well, you know, when I was 18. Um, but I think that that is coming, like, back then that was, like, coming strictly just from, like, me being a horny teenager. Mm -hmm. And now it's more so like, well, if I can show people directly how I do things and how I have sex and things like that, that maybe it will create some buzz and some understanding around these issues that I think people are like often to like hush hush about when really like sex is just sex. We all have it. We all love it. Yeah. Well, to be completely honest with you, Kenneth, I've always wondered about um, paraplegic and quadriplegic people, whether or not they yeah, can have sex. I mean, do you mind, you know, if, if, if anything I ask you, you don't want to answer, please just say pass and we'll move on. But do, do you have feeling in your penis? Are you able to get hard and climax and so forth? You know, that's where things get a little bit different for me. Um, do I have feeling in my penis? No, I don't. Um, can I get hard and climax? Yes, of course. Um, I should, sorry, I shouldn't say of course, like you should know that. Right. But you, um, um, sex nowadays has become so mental for me. Mm. Like that it's almost like everything is like mentally stimulating and that's where like, I get so much pleasure from, and I think that it also helps that I was sexually active before I was injured, too. So I know what these things feel like, and I can I can kind of trigger those things in my brain, which, like, then turns, like, mentally hot to me while I'm, like, while I'm having sex. Are you grateful for the fact that you did have sex before the accident, so you are able to... Um, create oh, yeah. those mental images and, and remember what it felt like to have an orgasm and so forth? Yes, I am very grateful that I was a slutty teenager. <laughs> as, <laughs> aren't we all? as we all were, I think, in yeah. this room. Yeah. Um, now, Kenneth, did you choose Pierce Paris as your co-star? Were you given a selection or did they just say, here's the guy that's going to face fuck you? Um, Davey Wavy is a, I don't know if you know him, but he's a very, I certainly very know sweet. who he is, yeah. Yeah, he's a very sweet guy, he's super accommodating, um, and he just asked me, like, well, you know, what are you looking for in a scene, like, in this first scene, and I was, what are you into? And I was like, well, you know, like, I really enjoy, like, having my face fucked, like, that's fun. And he was like, okay. And I was like, you know, the harder and the bigger, the better. And he was like, oh, I know just the people for you. And so he tried to get another guy, um, but the other guy was already under contract with, um, with a different studio. And so he was like, oh, I have this friend Pierce. What do you think about him? And I had never heard of his name or anything. And then I looked him up and I was like, 
oh yeah, like challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pierce is uncut. Was that something that you? Is that a preference of yours, or do you not care? Um, I don't. I definitely don't care. I'm uncut as well, so I yeah, I totally don't care. And how did Pierce's penis taste? It tasted. I don't know how to explain that. It tasted <laughs> like every other penis I've had in my mouth. Just if you could compare it to a, a dessert. <laughs> if I could compare it to a dessert. Uh, Cheesecake, I chocolate to think mousse. About that one. Now, Kenneth, I did a Pornhub search for quad porn and quadriplegic porn, and as far as I can tell, you're the first quadriplegic person to ever make a gay porn scene. Am I right about that, or did I just not find any? Um, I believe you are right about that. So do you feel like the Jackie Robinson of gay quad porn? <laughs> um, you know, I just feel like myself. <laughs> and I, you know, I live in little Portland, Oregon, which to tell you really isn't that little. But, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just, I wanted to get a message spread. And I feel like I spread a lot more than a message. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think what you're doing is actually really important. Um, Thank you. I know, speaking for myself, that I am guilty of not thinking of disabled people as sexual beings when, of course, everyone's a sexual being. Yeah, I mean, you know, after after we were done filming that scene with Pierce, we were chatting, and he was like, I have to say, like, I have to give you this credit. He's like, you give better head than 98% of people I've slept with. Yes. And I've been with a lot of people, and I was like, yes. Like, Our I studio audience is going crazy, people. clapping for you. No, that's a wonderful <laughs> thing to be told. I would love to, for someone to tell me that. Uh, Kenneth, what yeah, is... Yeah, and it just... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it just shows, you know, like, uh, the whole saying, like, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, because, I mean... Uh, I mean, to some, I might be intimidating because of my chair, but once you take me out of this chair, I'm just like you. And you are out of the chair for the movie, I noticed. I am. Well, I start in the chair, and then Pierce picks me up and moves me to the sofa. I think that would be my favorite part. I would love to be lifted I just by some carried. big man and just carried across the room. That would be so hot. Oh, I'm so lazy. Great. I don't want to walk or do anything. Kenneth, what has been the reaction of family, friends, coworkers? I imagine that uh, that what you did was somewhat controversial. Um, honestly, I was a, you know I was just like a little skeptic to tell my family because I didn't really know how to start that conversation. But I have the most loving, caring parents and family. And, um, you know, I'm a, the sixth of seven children. Wow. Um, and there was not one negative thing said from them. You know, my parents are like, I think it's great what you, like, the message you're trying to portray. Like, do I want to see that? No. But am I proud of you? Absolutely. Best of us. Time to be Really interesting segment, one of yeah. my favorites. So, this next guy, this is one of our most downloaded episodes. This is Eddie Danger. 
who really is quite a character. Eddie is a uh, go-go boy, first and foremost, and he will be competing or is competing on the new out TV show, Go-Go for the Gold, that Johnny McGovern talked about a few episodes back. Yeah. Um, Eddie's fully bisexual and really one of those men who, when he says he's bisexual, like, I have no doubts about it. He means it, yeah. 100% bisexual. bisexual. Go-Go boy, dancer, poet. He does porn. More with with women than men, but he does gay porn. He has a perfect penis. Really? I, in my opinion. Have you guys ever? Never. Copy. And in fact, after he was on the show. Have you asked? I did sort of ask. <laughs> and I don't, I, I try not to do that unless they do it first. Sure. But like after he was on the show, we were chatting about something. And then I was like, if you're ever in New York, I'd love to suck that dick or something like that. And he, <laughs> something super subtle. Something really, yeah, I, I have game. And he was like, wow, I didn't expect that from you. And then I felt like such a just pervy. Oh like inappropriate molester and i was like i'm sorry i'm sorry anyway that has nothing to do with what you're about to do <laughs> um, shoot your shop eh? but yeah but no eddie's but he's a great guy he's he's he talks very fast he has a lot to say which is great for a podcast and we asked him about working with both women and men in porn so take a listen to this episode from my mother's birthday june 21st <laughs> Oh, oh, happy actually, birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, Fi. June 21st, 2019. I should also say this is the only episode that has a letter. It's episode 99A. <laughs> what happened in B? We had to we had to renumber them. We were off track by one. So this is from episode 99A, Eddie Danger. Take a listen. Do any of the women that you work with in straight porn have any trepidation about having sex with you because you also do gay porn or do they not care? No, I wouldn't do it if they, if they, if they had a problem. I would, uh, if, if I saw anything indicative of them not being down for the faggotry, I wouldn't film with them. <laughs> yes. I, we love that word. Because, I, no, well, the thing is because I'm like, then I'm representing like my community in a way that, and, and I'm not going to milk the gay dollar. Like the pink dollar is, okay, I'm not going to steal it from them and hand it over to and share some shine with some douchebag. Like there was one girl that I was you. booked with, and she was. I, I just don't want to fuck with that because I'm going to walk in there acting like I do, and I'm going to clack a fan. I'm going to be wearing the stupid outfits that I wear, and then I'm going to be like, let's fuck, and then I'm I'm on, then I'm like in character. But like, if some girl is going to be like, ew, like what? Like what's your problem? And she's going to give me a like a like attitude. I don't feel like I could keep a boner with somebody who's homophobic. So I mean, good that's for the, you. Eddie, how yeah, old how old were you when you first realized you had a perfect penis? Uh, I'd say uh, I was like twenty twenty four. Ooh, that's old. I don't really look at myself like that. I've always been a loser, and I've always been weird. Um, how could, how like, is that possible is a, when you're so beautiful? Well, I thank you. It's just not a thing that happens, you know. Like and and uh, like you're still the crying loser um, with no friends um, from. Um, from 13, 14 years old until you uh, until you die. Like, like your brain is wired a certain way, and I've never been somebody to think that I'm anything special, which is great. Um, but there must have been a moment life. early in your sex life when someone said, "Wow, that's a great dick." To be honest, no, um, because what um, is wrong with that? Uh, when I, well, no, the thing is, is like I was never with people that had a fuck ton of experience until I was working in these nude clubs and I was, as when I was working there I never got a boner and also like the gay community is very vicious like if they tell you you have a nice dick um, they'll like tell you you're ugly or like they'll tell you you're overweight or something well so, I'm here to tell you that you. the whole package <laughs> is excellent uh, Thank you, baby. in our sure. time in our time remaining it's time to play everyone's favorite game ask me no question hit it okay. JB 
questions. Me no questions. Yeah. What's the hottest scene you've ever filmed? Oh, um, some girl's first time anal, first time ever. Wow. Uh, she cried. What, I'm sure she did. What are the exact dimensions of your penis? Oh, I don't know. I'd say, like, last time I checked, it was seven and a half, and uh, I don't really know. It's but thick. thick, though. I think it's yeah. thick. Um, thank you. Ride. Ever taken it up the ass? <laughs> Me, certainly. Oh, you have? On film? Yeah, I, t- I don't. I, I, yes, that was, like, one of the first things I did, and it was pretty amazing. Like, I, um, it was magic that day because the guy was gigantic, and I was, um, I had uh, done it twice in my life, and I took it like a champ, and I, we also came at the same time. So oh, my God. Yes, queen. Um, Beautiful. That is exciting. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. You could look it up, but I'm not going to plug their company because they're not fucking paying me. I will but find I'll that movie before the end of the day. Um, <laughs> okay. Milkshake flavor, vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry? Vanilla. Wow. I was not expecting that. What's been the most exciting night of your life so far? Oh, um, I don't, uh, I've had a lot of um, crazy, uh, like uh, insane times. I uh, I don't know. Uh, A lot of things I'm going to write about in the book. um, I'd say when I felt most alive was when I was doing a number. um, uh, Okay. So um, I, I used to do shows where I would come out like dressed as Jesus Christ and nailed to a cross. Um, I would come out as Ace Frehley from Kiss, and uh, when I came out, this was like a presentation like Magic Mike, and I would have to strip down to nothing. Now, um, I felt so alive working at this club, Secrets, and for the majority of my like early years working as a, as a dancer. And one night, one that sticks out in my mind when I was absolutely fucking happy, bliss, complete bliss. I've never been so um, – perfection was everywhere. I was in a new relationship. Everything was cute. The music was dying in my back then. This was like, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. And this one night, it was 4th of July, um, and I came out. I decided I was going to come out of the Statue of Liberty, and I made a, like a polyester gown, and I had the book, and I had uh, sparklers. <laughs> and underneath the whole thing, I had like a complete like Americana, like, like uh, rocket pop moment going on. And, uh, and you know what? I, I didn't get to the reveal portion of that. Because when I lit those fucking sparklers on fire, the entire polyester gown exploded into flames. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Like, and then this shit is smoking and fire is everywhere. And then it just drops down. I Luckily, I didn't get too burned, but it just fell down. The, the, the fire alarm went off. But, you know, still um, played the music, and we went through the entire thing. And I, it was um, The show must uh, go on. You could have I, died. Like, it, yeah, it was great. Were it they was, hosing um, you down? No, no, they they know what they let Eddie do what he does and um, <laughs> let and Eddie burn. It'll be fine. Yeah, let 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 him burn because he's probably doing it to make a statement. You know, like I've I've done several things with water but, on stage and like that was like usually they just let me do it and I clean it up. But Eddie, I'm responsible. How did you put the fire out and continue? I stomped it out, and but also I was doing splits and backflips back then. So like I did that while the music was playing. Can you imagine watching was, this. Um, and were you naked by the end? Theory. Yeah, well, because I had to take my underwear off, so it was like Katy Perry's birthday, birthday something, cut into uh, Boom Clack by uh, by that Charlie whatever, and like when the Boom Clack thing was going on, that's when the when the fire ignited and all that fun stuff was going on. But I mean, it was enough to make a spectacle, you know. Sure, that's what I wanted. it's like, like the finale of Pippin. Oh, and, but you know what? I once came out <laughs> um, about your life, to the Survivor music, 
now we're going on down on uh, down memory lane, and I came out with with a fucking um like like uh, the tribe from Survivor, like in like a like a, like a I was on a vacation or something yeah. with like button up and khakis. Take that off. I've got a fucking coconut titties on and a uh, and then a hula skirt. Do a hula number for the kids, and then I rip that off, and I got like a little speedo. I have I do a beer chugging competition. Kick the beard away, like hose, like dry myself off. Then I gotta whip that out and pull the cock out and start slapping people with it, you know. And I mean, that's baby, a show that I would pay to see. I have to be honest with you. Best of us. Hard to be uh, Oh yeah. Oh. Check out Eddie Danger on Go Go for the Gold, and uh, check out his penis as well. But don't. Uh, Creep into his DMs because he doesn't like that. Yeah. Uh, so this next interview, this is from our most downloaded episode of all time. This is episode 166, the most popular ass ever. December 5th, 2020, we had the one and only Rocco Steele on the show. And really one of my favorite interviews ever. Rocco's the sweetest guy in the world, super intelligent, highly educated, um, and he t- well, he talked openly about being a recovering addict, which was very interesting. Yeah. But to me, the most fascinating thing is that Rocco thought he had a small dick when he was in high school. <laughs> he looked down at that monster yeah, you... and worried that it was small. Wow. Well, just like the ancient Greeks, you know? <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> it until... all comes full circle. Exactly. It all comes full circle. <laughs> it wasn't until he got to college when he found out it was big. So check out uh, Rocco. Episode 166. I've been trying to get you on this show for four years, and I finally wore you down. Um, but you told me that you don't like doing interviews. Why is that? That is correct. Um, I just, you know, I just feel like I've done so many over the years, and I feel like I've kind of, I kind of get bored of hearing myself, like, tell the same story over and over. So I just, um, like, I don't know. I just feel like nobody wants to hear my story anymore. So I'm kind of bored with it myself. So I just assume everybody else is bored with it. So I just feel like, and I also feel like there's so, you know, there's so many other people out there. So I kind of like feel like it's their chance to kind of shine, you know? Well, I can tell you that there has been intense interest generated in your being on the show. I, I, the response I got on social media was overwhelming. So believe me, people are interested they want to well, hear from you. you. Rocco, how that's old were you? you? How old were you when you first became aware that you had an extra, an extraordinary cock? <laughs> well, oddly, in high school, like, I actually thought, like, I didn't. I actually thought the exact opposite. And I remember, like, it was my sophomore year of high school. And I tried out for the cross-country team. And um, it was like... <laughs> it was kind of like these practice runs. I remember afterwards we all had to like take like, you know, community showers. Right. And, um, I was really like self-conscious back then. And I came, I had come from a much smaller, like elementary school. So like community showers were like not something I was used to. And I'm in this shower and I know this sounds really hot, but um, (laughs) but we were, we were teenagers. So, um, we're not supposed to think that's hot. Anyway. Um, we're in the shower and I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these other guys and I'm thinking their dicks are huge and that mine's really small. And I was like, I was really self-conscious about it. And then fast forward to college, joined a fraternity 
in the fraternity house, same thing, community showers. And I lived in the fraternity house because I was a president for a year, and I um, had to live in the fraternity house for a year. And I had to take a shower every morning. And I remember every single morning I took a shower with the same guy, and I just always thought he had, like, this huge dick. And I was, like, always really self-conscious about mine. But a couple years later, it was my last year of college, and I was still kind of like not sure if I was in or out of the closet at that point. So I was kind of dating sorority girls. That was a thing we did. I did too, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. I'm. It was after a Friday night party that our, our house, our my fraternity had hosted. We we're all like me and a few fraternity brothers are like in the chapter room, like making out with these girls, and like. I'm like trying to like fuck this girl. Am I allowed to say fuck? I'm allowed to Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh yeah. Trying to fuck this girl. And I couldn't like from because I was so inexperienced, I couldn't find her hole basically. But <laughs> it turns out like the next day she went to all her shorty sisters and it wasn't that I couldn't find her hole, it was I guess my dick was so big it wouldn't fit. So she told all her shorty sisters that I was hung like a horse. And then the next Monday at school, like, you know, we all sit around like the, the, the like the, what do you call it? The, you know, the mystery all hang out. Like yeah. In the, in the, the, like the, the student, the, the student union. Yeah. The student like center kind of thing. And there's tables, all, all the fraternities and all the stories have their own table. And I walk in and all my fraternity brothers start calling me Clyde. And I have no idea why they're calling me Clyde. And from that day forward, my nickname became Clyde. <laughs> It was short for Clydesdale because I was the <laughs> But I don't understand. Here's what I don't understand about the story, Rocco. These other guys in your in your high school and fraternity, were they all, did they all have huge cocks? How could you look at well, yours and know. look at, or, or is yours not that? Because I've seen yours soft. It's still huge. Yeah, but I think what happened is either I started dropping later, like, you know, I started <laughs> hanging lower later in life. I don't know. But, like. I think the other thing was it was an optical illusion. Like I was looking across at other guys and then looking down at my penis. Mm. So like I can only imagine that's what it was. So they're all probably thinking the same thing in retrospect, like, right? Like, oh, my God, this guy's got a huge penis. But in my like from my view, it looked really small and everybody else looked really big. How old were were you when you had your first sexual experience with a man? So, or um, another boy. I mean, so when I was really, really young, like, you know, you play around with kids in the neighborhood. So I had that going on, like, when I was really young, kind of the experimental mm-hmm. stuff with other kids in the neighborhood. And um, and then fast forward, like, my first official as a man was, um, you know, I suppressed it all through college. Um, I belonged to a fraternity where um, this was the 80s. So, like, it was a lot of fear on many different levels. Oh, yeah. Um, and. And so there was a, a guy who was gay in our house, and he was caught fucking. Actually, he got caught getting fucked in the fraternity house, and he was like banished, and like he got kicked out of the house, like kicked out of the fraternity. And so, like, I just, re- I just remember thinking, like, shit, like I need to really kind of keep all my feelings like under wraps and just play the total straight frat guy, right? So. That's what I did until I graduated from college. And as soon as I graduated from college, um, while I was trying to save money to move to New York City, and I was working waiting tables at a restaurant in town, and there was this guy who worked at the restaurant, and we became instant friends. 
and then things progressed and then we like you know became like we weren't boyfriends because i think we were both kind of confused even back then who we were but like it became like you know a sexual relationship um and then i moved to new york city a few months later and it was all you know all, all hell broke loose <laughs> yeah Rocco, you started your porn career correct me if i'm wrong in 2014 that is correct which i was shocked when i found that out because that's so recent you know, wow. that, the fact that you've only been around in that industry for six years blows my mind because I feel like I've been jerking off to you forever. You know, Decades. like I, I, you, you, yeah. you're such a major presence. And I know that you didn't start out wanting to do adult video. You, you graduated from law school, right? That's correct. So like, um, like, you know, back in my 20s, that was my dream. I wanted to be a criminal defense attorney. Um, my whole like college and everything leading up to law school was geared towards that. Uh, all through college, I worked at a law firm. My cousin was a secretary in a law firm. She got me a job in a law firm. Like that's all I wanted, you know. And um, and uh, even in my in law school, I worked for the public defender's office, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to move to New York City and be, um, you know, a criminal defense attorney. And the thing is, I talked very openly about this. Um. I, as I came out, I also, you know, started dabbling in drugs and alcohol was always part of my story. Yeah. So mix alcohol, which is always part of my story with now moving to New York City, studying for the New York bar exam and doing tons of cocaine. Like, oh, that was your drug of choice. <laughs> yeah, this was the 90s. This was the early 90s. So like, it just didn't mix well. And it didn't, you know, it was not a formula for success. And therefore, you know, Three attempts at the bar later, I still, you know, did not pass. And at that point, my heart was no longer in it. I was a mess, and I was like, my my addiction, you know, my alcoholism and my addiction had spun out of control at that point. We're now, like, approaching the late 90s. And, um, you know, then I kind of cleaned up my act in 1998, and I'm, a, like, as of a couple of days, I'll have 22 years clean and sober. And I always That's thought— That's so fantastic. Really, really inspiring. Thank you. And that's what I want. I want people to know that you can you can live a life as a gay man without being a mess, you know. And um and I don't I do not con I do not um condemn partying. I do not condemn drinking or drugs. There are a lot of people who can do it responsibly, but I could not and I had the disease of alcoholism and drug addiction and there are other people out there in this world who also do. So for those of the people in the audience or, or, or who may you know hear about this later like there's help and you can live a better life so anyway i tell all this because then once i cleaned up my act um i then kind of changed my career path and i um started i got into corporate retail i was living in new york city i worked for a large corporate um uh a re i'm sorry a large retail uh corporation that had their offices in new york city and i worked there and I got into visual merchandising for the next like 15 years of my life. And it, I just hated it, hated it. It became soul sucking. I was miserable. I was depressed. I was on antidepressants and it was 2014. And I just said, no more. Like, I'm not doing this. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but I'm not doing this anymore. And the last thing I wanted to do was porn. Like the last thing it was, you know, people had told me my whole life, like, you have a big dick, you should do porn. And I would chuckle, and I'd be like, yeah, 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 but that's not what I want to do. And so, like, 
what I really want to do is start my own business. And I started developing underwear back in 2014, but I needed money. In order to get the money, people suggested I should escort. So I started escorting. And then the escorting led to, like, my first porn. Best of us. Porn to be one. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. By the way, I did sext with Rocco Steele afterwards. Rocco's he was hot. very receptive. Oh. And except for the fact that he lives in another country, I think we would have fucked by now. But what was your pickup line with him? Like, just show, sending him a picture of my hole. Oh, okay. So a little bit more subtle then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, compared to that, I was very genteel with Eddie. Yeah, you, sh- you should have sh- shared some poetry with Eddie. You should have, like, written some, po- some poetry. Here's a fun fact. I have had sex with people we've had on this show, but yeah. never a porn star. Well, uh, well, babe, it's, to it's time you. to get on the horse, Just because they're a porn star doesn't mean they're easy. Oh, totally. Yeah. Or that fair. they want me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Breaking stereotypes. <laughs> Best of ass. Porn to be wild. <laughs> so here's another one of our top most downloaded episodes, and it's with a bottom. Uh-oh. The soundboard's off, yeah, JB. Sorry. Bottom. Uh, this was Luke Trong. <laughs> Uh, as I said at the time, Rocco is my favorite porn top. Luke is my favorite porn bottom. Mm. Um, this was our first day in the new studio, which is our current studio. Uh, and Luke is very young, and he started porn very young. He's like was still a college student at the time. I'm yeah. not sure if he still is. But I asked him how he first got into porn, and it turned out he was a little too young when he started. Take a listen. It wasn't a life choice, to be honest with you. It kind of, it's like one of those, like the, um, the whole life chose me kind of deal. <laughs> I can, I can totally sympathize with that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, it started with Tumblr when Tumblr used to be a big porn thing. Yes. So to watch Tumblr and everything like that. And yeah, I did make videos. I never posted them. So, um, and me being a little hoe, I would send out my videos to different guys and be like, oh, yeah, fuck my whole daddy. Like, look at me. Like, do you want to fuck me like this? Yada, yada, yada. And then somehow that got out on Tumblr and um, kind of went exploded. Uh, and then uh, – And what, what year would you say that was? Uh, let's, let's, let's just say it was, it, it was before I should be doing it. Oh, Oh my! Let's just say that. So, are you um, are you the reason Tumblr shut down all their porn? <laughs> it could be one of them. I don't know. I swear it wasn't me. Um, it could have been. I don't know. Um, so you were not, so maybe. you were very sexual from a young age. We can say yes. 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 One, um, one love the, sex. One of the things I feel when I'm watching your videos. One of the reasons I love your videos is that you seem to be just so joyous and there's no shame and there's no um awkwardness it's it's like you are just being your true self and having a blast and has it been that way for you since the beginning when you became sexually active like what do you what do you attribute that to because most most people have to go through their own kind of internalized shame uh when they're gay uh i know i did before they can really let loose and be like a wild animal in bed so I guess coming out at 14 um, <clears throat> and being in Southern California was a little, um, it was a good place to be for a, a gay kid. So when it comes to sex, uh, watching, I watch porn 
That's all I can remember. I love porn. But uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I would say it's just one of those things where it's kind of like I just came out really early. I think it was, per- it was it's just my personality. So I'm a lucky-go-happy kind of guy. Yes. I always smile. That's one thing that's um, people – people notice about me. They're like, oh, you smile a lot. And like when they see me frown or like have my serious face, people like think it's the weirdest thing ever because like they think there's something wrong. I was like, no, like sometimes like I have a normal face sometimes. I just don't need to smile all the time because I have to focus. Right. So it's just a um, happy-go-lucky thing. I've never had a negative experience with sex. Um, That's an amazing statement. <clears throat> thank you. I mean, uh, I certainly have. Right, my yes. co-host is shaking. He's nodding his head too. Yeah, I've had I've had too many to uh, to count. Yeah, um, and I don't I don't. Okay, I'm sorry. So I interrupted your story. So you're on Tumblr, you're sending out these underage videos, and then how does that? Hey, I did not say that. <laughs> I did not use to that. I did not say that. You said you were making videos before you should have been uh, that, uh, yes that could be anything so how does that then lead to porn <clears throat> um so and then a couple years later um because like i said I, I already established my face was out there already so i'm um, establishing the tumblr feed and all those retweets and you know how crazy those get mm-hmm. um and when tumblr shut down all their porn i was like fuck why i'm gonna watch porn now like actually good porn like because I, like, I really like amateur stuff so I was like, oh, I guess Twitter's a thing now. Like, <clears throat> fuck it. You know what? Like, I'll just go on Twitter. I'll just, you know, like, like use it for porn. Cool. Whatever. A month into it, I was like, oh, I'm so fucking horny. You know what? Like, I'm going to, like, post a picture of me or something. And, like, me jerking off. Or, like, I'm going to show my ass out. Because fuck it. I'm a thirsty fucking hoe. <laughs> so I did that. And then some people are like, oh, my God. Like, they comment post, like, oh, my God, you're the guy on Tumblr I've been looking for. Oh, my God, you're so hot. I was like, oh, thanks. And the number count starts um, coming up. And, uh, like, about two months later, I meet, um, I meet one of my friends, and he's like, hey, uh, Luke, you should really start an OnlyFans. You'd make really good money doing it. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm that attractive. Oh, my God. Like, like, do people really want to pay to see me fuck? I don't know. Like, that's, I don't know. So I sit on it for about a month um, while I'm going to school and I'm working in a restaurant. And I was like, fuck it. You know what? Like, it takes zero money to start. Like, I have a bunch of videos already. Like, what can hurt? Nothing. Like, I have nothing to lose. So I start it. And a weekend, I'm just like, wait, what the fuck? Like, I look at my, like, I look at the account numbers. I was like, wait, no, this isn't real. Like, people are fucking crazy. It just exploded. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like in school in like a marine bio class, and I'm like, look at my friends, like, you guys, look at these numbers. What the fuck? And they're like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, like, look how much money this is. Like, how fucking cool. And how old were you at this point? I was 22. And you're at, in university uh, studying biology. Um, yes, yeah, so I was in community college. I uh, I prefer taking the slow route because um, the cheaper and slow route because student debt is stupid. Yes. I agree. So yes. so do your does there come a point then when your family finds out that you're making adult videos and what is their reaction to that? Uh, 
Well, uh, my siblings know. Um, my parents don't, which is great. My mom is not tech savvy. My dad, I don't think he is involved with people or online to the point where he will see my stuff. Um, so uh, I feel like I'm not I too made worried porn, about it. I know that if I made one video, some cunt would like send it to my mom. I just know it. Really? They'd be like, Re you know, watch this. You need to see it. Best of us. Time to be wild. Oh, yeah. Oh. That Luke Trong episode, by the way, is from May 29th, 2021. If you want to listen to the whole thing, it's episode 188. And finally, we come to a man who we just had on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's one of our favorites and uh, one of everyone's favorites. I think it's Dolph Dietrich, the beautiful and sweet Yay. and big-dicked daddy, Dolph Dietrich. And very insightful. Yes, he's, yeah. a, he's a, a smart guy. This was October 16th, 2021, episode 206. This was the one and only time my boyfriend Patrick was in studio, my then boyfriend. Yeah. Um, we had only been together a couple months then. Dolph's, this was Dolph's first time on the ass, and he was very frank and very open. He talked about how uh, he had an operation. He had major surgery that set him on a new course mm. in his life. Um, he changed his name at that time from Topher Ellsworth to Dolph Dietrich, and we talked about how he chose that name, the fact that he's a graphic designer, how he fell in love with his first co-star. Um, really, he just opened up uh, not his whole, but his heart to us. And uh, so please enjoy this wonderful interview. The first time ever Dolph Dietrich was on the ass. I was born with a condition called pectus excavatum. I'm not sure if you knew that. Uh, concave chest. So oh, yeah. I wasn't able to get it fixed. Uh, when I was a kid, my mom just thought, oh, he can live with it. You know, it's not a big deal. But little did she know, I'd be a gay man and wouldn't be able to take my shirt off. I didn't take my shirt off till I was after the surgery, really in public. And I didn't get the surgery until I was about 35. Is it a skeletal uh, alteration or is it is it in your actual pectoral? Um, it's in my pectorals and it was I was born basically with a salad bowl in my chest. It was so deep and there was only a few inches between my spine and wow. my chest. And it was, it just, it, yeah, it wasn't cute. So. so when did you get that surgery? Um, I was mm, 35. Wow. 35, and I had tried to get it covered by insurance for about a year, and I had pretty good insurance at the time where I was working, and they kept denying it, saying it was cosmetic, um, it was about a $70,000 surgery, and my last chance, they said, you got to go up and go to uh, this doctor on the Upper East Side, put the stress test things on all over your body, and then get on the treadmill. And my boyfriend at the time said, you really got to fuck this test up. You take this. I gave me a Viagra, something that was called liquid <laughs> cocaine, which was oh available God. in uh, bodegas for like a week in New York. And then yeah. it was gone. Yeah, I remember it. And, and gave me something like an Adderall, whatever. I got on the treadmill and I just, I remember it started to trip out. And the doctor was like, you need this surgery really bad. So, That's so smart of your boyfriend. Yeah. And thank God you didn't die during that oh, yeah. test. Then a month, a couple months later, I'll never forget it. I was in uh, Kmart and Astor Place, and my phone rang, and it was Blue Cross Blue Shield, and they said, you've been accepted for this surgery, which I booked in, and then at the, about half a year later, I went in and got it. Was it incredibly painful? Yep. Yeah. Was yeah. it just one surgery? Yeah. Well, no, actually it was two. They gave me an epidural first, and then, you know, I went to sleep and woke up, and that's when real pain was there. 
And they had to put a bar, like a titanium bar, in my chest to hold the bones together while it healed. And then that had to come out about half a year later. Wow. Yeah. So you have this physical transformation yeah. and you rename yourself. Exactly. And when do you, when do you film your first <laughs> sex scene? It wasn't for a long time after that, but um, yeah, I, I was also just started to go to the gym because after I got that surgery, the doctor said to me, I weighed about 50 pounds less than I do now. So I weighed about 160 and I'm 6'5". Yeah, so now I weigh 220. Yeah, I was very, very thin. I was just a beanpole. So, and after the surgery, the doctor said to me, I remember he said, well, you did that, but you're never going to gain muscle. You're never going to look normal. It was kind of, I don't know why you did that. And I just was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look the way I want. So I just hit the gym 10 years now with the veggie. Well, 15 years. You certainly proved him wrong. Yeah. You have an unbelievable body. Well, I worked really hard. Then I got the tattoos and, you know, started um, just expressing myself. I remember I got my first harness in New York City. I was so nervous. I went to the Leatherman and... He was like, oh, you have to be naked to try on this harness. I'm like, well, that seems odd. <laughs> Patrick, you've had this experience. <laughs> I was just recently at that Letterman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a good time there. He did have a good time. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was raised Catholic. I was raised in Boston. I just was raised by a very um, – my mother was out there in wild. She used to be a go-go dancer in a oh, cage wow. on Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco in the 60s. I love that. Oh, my God. My dad was very conservative and um, – I'm a mixture of both, so I feel like when I first moved to New York and I was going to these like sex parties on the frying pan and all these different things. I remember the frying pan. <laughs> yeah, so, well, it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and um, it was yeah. And then I got my first harness and I had to try it on, and I got a boner, and I was all nervous, and I ran out with the harness, and it was just I I don't know. It was like my first time going to the Eagle and all these different things and sex parties, and I just slowly um, grew into that. And I wasn't that good at it. I was very nervous and shy. But, you know, fast forward until I was 41, that's when I filmed my first scene. And, yeah. Did someone say to you, like, hey, I'm doing this video and I want you to be in it? How, does, how do you get into that situation? I remember I had been communicating with the owner of this studio called Dickwad, which was just very, very, <laughs> very filthy pornography. You dickwad. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, you know, I could be in something like that. I could do that. And we spoke for about a year or two. And I was doing webcamming at the time, so I said, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready. But I had created the name Dolph Dietrich, created all the marketing and branding. I was living in Provincetown. And um, basically, he said, when you're ready, just let me know. So about two years later, I was. And I went out to San Diego and filmed my first scene, Hard Hat Pigs 2. Hard Hat Pigs 2. What a classic. One was great, too. So. <laughs> what was that like for you? It was exciting. I mean, it was very exciting. Uh, I fell in love with like my co-star I was filming with, this guy named Blue Bailey, if you're out there. Oh, yes. Blue's a great guy. The blonde. Yeah. I used to jerk off to him a lot. He was a terrific bottom. So sexy, yeah. And they called it showmance. So when you have like this uh, romance and, and you're like on a porn set and it turns into something more, they call it showmance. And that happened to me right away, of course. And I'm like, oh, I'm in love with this guy. And, and Did you guys date? We dated for a bit. A bit. And then I met Drew Sebastian, who actually we dated for a longer time. So I kind of I dumped Blue for Drew, and he wasn't very happy. But uh, Drew and I, he was like my first real uh, experience dating a porn star because he'd already been in the business for a while. And uh, he took me to a new level. So that was really great. And you did studio porn for years. Yeah. And do you still, or are you solely uh, self-produced now? No, I still do studio porn. I prefer it. I just... 
the work of doing the OnlyFans is mm, a lot more uh, in depth. I like to just show up, look cute, look pretty, <laughs> look sexy, do, do, do my job, and like leave. Yeah. But you make more money, I would think, from the OnlyFans than you do from studio. Or no, maybe at your level, it's different. It depends on how much work you want to put into it. Really, I just I would rather do a lot of graphic design, half of my life doing design work. And then just show up for studio shoots and not really just be producing a lot of things and editing it and hustling to, you know, right. find actors and sign releases and all of that. Well, so. I, I would think you probably do well with from your public appearances. <clears throat> That's actually one of my favorite things. So there, there's three tiers to being a porn personality, I think. it's One of them is, uh, uh, the, of course, filming. And the second one is live appearances. And then the third one could be escorting. Right. So, out of all of those, my favorite is really doing the live performances. So I've done them all around the world, exciting and fun, and I just love being on stage and showing up. And we should say you're going to be headlining at Pig Week. <laughs> yes. Which, Ooh. Patrick, I think you and I need to consider uh, going to Pig Week. It yeah. is where? It's in Wilton Manors, right? Fort Lauderdale. Yes. November okay. 26th through December 4th. So all right. Now, how does one prepare to headline in Pig Week? <laughs> well, this is my second time doing it. Um, Excuse me. I'm trying to remember the first time I did it. I think it was one of the first years they were around. So it's it's some go-go dancing. There's like a, a, a point star lottery. So you can I remember I had to auction myself off at the pool at this and the host winner, hotel. And the winner gets to have sex with you? Yeah. And I That's had the, scary. I had the role of uh, tickets on my dick. So I went around and was just <laughs> shaking what if- it. If the person who wins you is someone you're not attracted to at all, how do you oh, get That's my that? life. That's my life. I really? mean, come on, yeah. I mean, you can just get it up no matter what. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, there are, are magic, magic treats there for that. Are. Yeah. There are tools. Yeah, there are tools for that. Best of us. Time to be uh, Oh yeah. Oh. And that's it. Drew, we come to the end of Best of Ass Porn to Be Wild. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. I think I'm about to start a new career. You totally should start an OnlyFans as, career. As a poet. <laughs> uh, Drew, plug yourself. Um, so I'm at Drew Lausch on TikTok and at Real Drew Lausch on Instagram. Thank you so much for doing this I for love the last you. three weeks. I Any upcoming you. gigs we should know about? Uh, yeah, June 24th at Bell House, a uh, big house party show. And, um, oh, and if you're in uh, North Carolina or Virginia, I'm, like, touring in May. So you should follow me and you'll see some gigs. All right, JB, plug yourself. At StephanieAnarchy12, only on Instagram. And I'm at Adam Sank on uh, Twitter and Insta and at Adam Sank Official on TikTok. I talk too much and the music ran out, but we can start it back up. Hey, we are back live again next week with Steve Cesaro in the co-hosting chair and special guest Boy Radio. I'm excited about this. Subscribe to the podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. 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 Porn to be well. <laughs>